It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. As no one can live without inhaling and exhaling, no one can live without feeling and expressing. According to today's guest, Mark Nepo, we are constantly being shaped into finer instruments of care and expression. The deeper we go, the more attuned we become. Mark joins us today to talk about how we can discover our own voice so we can move through obstacles and transitions. Mark is a poet and philosopher and the author of the number one New York Times bestseller, The Book of Awakening. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's good to be with you again, Joan. Thank you. Well, Mark, it's always a pleasure having you on the show, and, and this is your fourth time, so I'm so honored that you are joining us once again. I always enjoy our time together. Oh, me too. Me too. Thank you. I appreciate your broadcast. So, Mark, you believe that it's important for us to find our voice, and you have a program called The Life of Expression, Finding Your Voice. What is a life of expression? Well, and and you, you know, that wonderful how you quoted to open us. I mean, that metaphor helps tremendously as the heart. Well, the lungs, let's start with the lungs. You know, we, even as we're talking, we have to inhale and exhale. We don't have any choice. Mm -hmm. We can't say, oh, oh, for this half hour, we'll just inhale. (laughs) Well, likewise, the heart, as you quoted there, the heart, That's how the heart breathes. It inhales by perceiving and feeling, and then it exhales by expressing. And it doesn't matter. And let's open it up, you know, really widely and deeply. It's not just in the formal arts. You know, you can express yourself by by sitting quietly, uh, thinking to yourself. You can express yourself by gardening or making dinner or caring for loved ones. But the point is that just as the lungs as you can't you can't choose not to breathe you're going to perceive and feel every one of us and we need to express so the heart can live fully and so you know as you know in my earlier life i almost died from a rare form of lymphoma and that changed that opened me to all of this because you know um we're so driven in our world to make a product out of everything, even in the arts, you know, I, I hope to write a great poem or create a, a book or produce uh, a play or, you know, whatever it might be, record a song. There's nothing wrong with that. But we are, when we give our all to anything like gardening, anything we give our complete being to, we are shaped for it and it helps the heart breathe and it keeps us well which is regardless of whether what I write is good or not. We've all been through a a very challenging year and a half now. And 
what you're teaching us. How can this be brought into our lives to help us navigate all of this pain that we've had to endure? Well, you know, it's, it's so powerful right now. It's been such a difficult and profound time. And, you know, in, in general, like a law, an emotional law of nature, what is not expressed is depressed. So with all that we've been through, all the loss, all the uh, precious moments of being alone, of being with loved ones, of not being able to be with loved ones, of losing people, that generates so much transformation and feeling that if we don't express it, we'll explode, Mm -hmm. we'll collapse, we'll, you know, we'll start to crack in our foundation. And so the, the, the simplest way that I try myself, because I'm struggling with it too, is to be honest about what I'm feeling, to be honest about what you're feeling, what we're going through, and to express it to ourselves, to each other, because when we can be that truthful, we discover that we're more together than alone, and then we are strengthened. Do you think the literal isolation that we've had to experience, we've quite literally been isolated from others, do you think that caused many of us to look within, to get more in touch with that part of ourselves? Oh, undoubtedly. And it's also, you know, it's also produced, it's uncomfortable. You know, we're so busy all the time, even though we're out of balance, really, in our world culture. Uh, that when we're forced to stop like this, well, it does, you know, we'll go, wait a minute, wait a minute. What, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. This is all unfamiliar. So I think undoubtedly the hard gift of this has been that we have been forced to stop. You know, in the Jewish tradition, the word Sabbath literally means the one day we don't turn one thing into another. And The pandemic, as hard as it's been, has forced humanity into a global Sabbath. We we haven't been able to run from here to there, to go, to dream, to plan, to even, you know, manipulate and think we have control over things. We've been forced to stop. And that causes us to see things as they are. That causes us to appreciate everything all the more and the challenge which i felt after my cancer journey is you know i woke up on the other side and i said well how do i how do i keep life so fresh and real when it's not an emergency when everybody's gone back to work and i'm just in my living room after surgeries with my in my bathroom right and and we're we're all faced with that now globally when i was going through all of the struggles that brought me to where I am today. I always say, and what I found in my own life, is that I got to this point where I no longer could tolerate the status quo of my life. And I needed Mm. to make a change because I didn't like where I was and I didn't like where I was heading. And do you think hardships, you know, like what I'm talking about, do you think that we can use our hardships to become what you call a spiritual warrior. I mean, in my life, I've done that. So do you believe we all have the ability to do that? 
Absolutely. And, and so there's two things that come to mind that are, that are ancient, but they're very relevant. You know, these things, they seem abstract until we hit a time like now and we realize, oh, there are tools in the toolbox. We just haven't been asked to use them yet. Right. And so one of those is the, is the fact that this is the ancient original definition of the word sacrifice. Now, Lord knows there's been so much sacrifice by frontline care, hospital and care workers, all the people who've helped us get through all of this. And we know sacrifice with military, uh, you know, family and people who have given so much. That sacrifice comes out of the soil of this original definition, which is sacrifice originally means to give up what no longer works in order to stay close to what is sacred, which is another way to say what you just shared, Joan, that we all at some point, that what's sacred stays the same, but because we're dynamic and changing and growing, what worked yesterday may not work tomorrow. And so we all have to learn how do I become aware? Oh, this isn't work. Like you said, well, this isn't working. I don't really want to keep doing this. How do we put it down mm-hmm. and know and pick up what next? So this leads to, and I've been asking myself this and, and others in my teaching right now, there are three questions that can help us with when things break down. They are what needs to be repaired what needs to be reimagined, and now that it's broken, what needs to be left dismantled and never put back together again? Hmm. So I invite your listeners to, you know, all those of us who are with us uh, today, can you, uh, can you ask yourself those questions in your own life right now after being through these 18 months of of things not being as normal and being forced to stop. What in your life needs to be repaired or reimagined or left dismantled? And I think the, the part about what needs to be left dismantled is the most difficult part because we don't want to let go. And, you know, sometimes we hold on to things that make us unhappy because it's familiar. And, and I think that that's, um, you know, the challenge for many people. Absolutely. You know, in our... And, and that's because, you know, we, we get attached. We get attached to those things. So, you know, one, uh, this brings up a great, there's a great story from the life of Buddha uh, about he's, he's on foot. He's, he walked from village to village. And as he was walking this time, he came upon a river, very fast river, deep, deep waters. There was no one around. And it was a little, it was too fast and deep to wade or swim across. So he took a day and he built a raft out of branches and reeds. And sure enough, it was strong enough to hold him and he crossed the river. So when he got to the other side, he got out, you know, was dripping wet and he held the raft on his back and started walking further. And about an hour or so later, he realized he didn't smell water anymore. And he thought, I don't think there are any more rivers to cross. Why am I carrying this on my back? And this is the lesson from Buddha. So he didn't just throw it away. He stopped that night. He spent the night. He built a fire. And he did a ritual in which he thanked the raft. He put the raft in the fire and he said, I would rather burn you in reverence than carry you on my back in resentment. How many things because 
they're familiar, as you say, and they're 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 dear to us that we cling to when and then quietly we start to resent them because they've already served their purpose. Right. And, and it's releasing that fear. It, it's letting go, like you said, uh, of what we no longer need to move forward. Yeah. So it, so when we think of it, like you think we all know how a butterfly emerges from a cocoon. Well, when it does, it doesn't mean the cocoon was false. It meant the cocoon served its purpose. Right. And and I think it helps me when I can think about the things I need to let go, like a cocoon, and say, oh, well, you know, like you were saying, maybe it's time this what's happening in the status quo isn't working. Maybe I need to put down what no longer works to get closer to life and to feel, feel what, and we're all going to have to figure that out together now because the old world before the pandemic is gone, there is no way back. We may get to hopefully, it looks like, do more, no, quote, normal things, but that old world, it's its no longer here. And we have to help each other see what's, what is needed and what is real going forward. And, you know, Mark, one of the things that I learned that, and I, I call it the power of the word and, because we, we tend to think that things are either or. So we're either experiencing pain or joy, suffering or blessings, loss or gain. But I think that we can substitute the word or for and because we can experience pain and joy at the same time it doesn't have to be an either or there's a place for both things because you know i know for example when my mom passed away i i was stuck in that pain of grief and anytime i would be happy about something else in my life i immediately felt guilty because i reminded myself mm. i should be sad because i'm grieving my mother but the one thing I learned is that I can feel the loss and the pain of my mother being gone, but still be joyful about other things. That and is something that I've allowed into my life. Absolutely. I think that's that's very wise. And I think that, you know, as I grow older, I I, I experienced that too, that, that really, you know, when we're early in life, we're kind of taught to choose either or. But the deepest lessons of the heart come when we are are led to feeling more than one thing at the same time. And when we let those things in and don't insist on choosing, the heart releases a deeper wisdom, a deeper teaching to us. So yes, uh, I too have known I can know joy and grief at the same time. I can be clear and confused at the same time. And we don't have to choose. In fact, we we exhaust ourselves with a lot of energy trying to choose because, you know, out in the world, we all have this, we learn and are taught this capacity to problem solve. It's a great skill, but it's not a worldview. It's a, it's a great tool in our toolkit, but the mind can't solve paradox. So, when I'm forced to choose, when I choose in problem solving, I sort, prioritize, and choose among choices. But as we're talking, the deeper things, all the things that have taught me uh, about life, they have come from absorbing and integrating, from letting both the joy and the grief in my heart at the same time. 
and integrating what is it teaching me? What is it teaching me about being here? And to go back to our, our beginning, it, to express, to have some conversation with ongoing conversation with life. This is, this is what the life of expression is. It's really, it's powerful to practice a personal form of expression. Mark, what is your hope for all of us moving forward? Oh, my goodness. You know, that we, that we truly behold each other, see and feel each other, and help each other, that we, we love each other. This is the same thing all the traditions have spoken about. And, you know, and when we go through difficult things like, like we are with the pandemic, and you can see it in society. And, and, and when I talk about this, I'm not separating. We are they. There is no they because we take turns. You know, there are times when we're hurt and frightened that we pull away from each other and we make each other out to be enemies or different. And then when there are times when we're broken open and we go, oh, my God, it's you. Oh, thank God I'm not alone. And, you know, we take turns in this so it's all one human family and and so somehow we've got to love our way out of this love has to move as and kindness as quickly as disease mark thank you so much for joining us if our listeners would like to learn more about mark and his work you can visit marknepo.com again that's marknepo.com mark our time goes by so quickly and i look forward to when you come back on the show again Oh, thank you so much. It's great to be with you, John. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, CYACYL.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.